0: Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Amen. How many are thankful we serve the God of miracles today? Yes, He is. Yes, He is. I'm going to ask that one more time. How many are thankful we serve the God of miracles today? Amen. At Calvary, we don't believe in miracles. We believe in the God of miracles. Not just some force, some action. We believe in God. We believe He is who He says He is. How many believe that? He is who He says He is, and He does what He said He would do. Miracles. We've been in this series. Miracles happen when heaven invades earth. It's just an awareness, an awakening, a uh, a reminder that God is here, that He's big and He's great and He loves us. It's just when heaven steps in and invades earth. Miracles are when the laws of nature are simply set aside. If God wants to walk on water, he can walk on water. Can you say amen? If he decides to feed 5,000 men and their families with a little lunch, he can do that. He can multiply anything. He can calm storms. He's the God of miracles. He can interrupt all of our limits and shift all of our possibilities We're gonna look at it, two or uh, three areas, very, uh, I'll have to move right through it today, but I want you to get some truth that's important to us, maybe more than ever. The first thing that I want us to see is that miracles change the atmosphere. Miracles change the atmosphere. Why do we need miracles? Why does God do miracles? Because miracles change the atmosphere. We are living in an atmosphere in in, in this nation today. And see, this is what I love about miracles. As the church, we're not called to hide out. We are called to show and influence and shine and be sought. Can somebody say amen to that? We're not to run from the from the challenges, we're to confront them with the power of God. And so miracles shift the atmosphere. This nation has labored under a pandemic and there's a lot of fear, fear more than ever before. The atmosphere of fear needs to be shifted. Can somebody say amen to that? Miracles change the atmosphere. The atmosphere of hopelessness needs to be confronted. The atmosphere of division needs to be confronted. The atmosphere that divides us, the the, the ordinary, the giving up, the putting up with, just the common, needs to be invaded by heaven. Does anybody agree with that today? Amen. Miracles change the atmosphere. I want to just look at several passages to begin with today. Uh, As we read through these, I want you to see how miracles change the atmosphere. Can I tell you something? Every one of us in this room today, Everyone on online, everyone listening to this podcast, let me tell you something, we need our atmosphere to change. Come on, can somebody say amen to that? My faith needs to go to another level. My trust needs to go to another level. My surrender needs to go to another level. I need to be reminded that God is with me at all times. Can somebody say amen to that? You need to walk into work tomorrow with the atmosphere, not just of that workplace, not just what's going on. You need to carry the atmosphere of heaven with you in that place. You need to carry the atmosphere of heaven home today, on your job, at school, wherever we go. The atmosphere changes when miracles happen because we are reminded... God is with us in this place. Let's look at this first scripture. I have several uh, here. I want you to see. They're going to be on the screens, and you can look them up uh, in your Bibles. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 43. Acts 2, 43. I want you to see these words, these reactions to the presence of God. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 43. What do we read? Listen to this. Acts 2 and and verse 43. This, This is beautiful. Everyone was filled with what? And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. What was the result of the signs and wonders? Everyone was filled with awe. Go to Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 8. See, the atmosphere changed. They were going through the motions and they were filled with awe. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 8. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with Awe, and they praised God who had given such authority to man. Can, Can I ask you a question? When was the last time? Don't raise your hand, or but I want you to be honest. See, miracles change the atmosphere. When was the last time you were in awe of God? See, we need miracles, don't we? Do you know that we even get used to God? Is anybody listening to me? Do you know we can take God for granted? We can almost go through the motions. When was the last time you were in awe? To be awestruck or to have awe means that you were stopped in your tracks. And everything about that moment shifted. And you said, my goodness, this is amazing. When does that happen to us? When does that happen in the American church? Come on, everybody with me? Why would we, facing our greatest challenge and our greatest opportunity, not want a God of miracles? What would cause the American church to develop a theology that says God no longer does miracles? What would give us the utter audacity to think that we could proclaim the gospel and bring heaven to earth and see lives changed without the miracle working power of God? Our nation needs to be in awe. Can you say amen to that? The atmosphere of America needs to change. This Thursday is the National Day of Prayer. I'll be joining the the prayer uh, emphasis in Decatur at noon at the Dykin Amphitheater. I want to encourage you, because we are a diverse congregation in many areas in North Alabama, I'm going to ask you on Thursday to join the National Day of Prayer emphasis closest to where you are. I'll be praying in Decatur. I can't be in all of those. That's where I'll be. I want you to join. We need to pray for this nation. The atmosphere of of spiritual decline must change in America. Is anybody with me right now? See, it's on our watch. We're Christians in America right now. And we need an awe sense. We need God to step in. I want to sit come on. Don't you want to see Washington, D.C. grind to a halt? Not because somebody had a riot. But because God came in and did something so big that every big mouth, bloated politician had to sit down and shut up and get on their face, because God showed up and filled the place with awe. Is that too hard? Then you can doctor it down. But that's the way I feel about it. We need a nation in awe of God again. We need a nation in awe in Washington, D.C., in Montgomery, Alabama, in every courthouse, schoolhouse, in your house and my house. We need to be in awe of God again. Thank you for that polite applause. I'm just going to stop for a minute because I can tell right now I'm having to work on some folks. I've told you before, it's dangerous when you get me here. I'm not preaching for votes today. Don't care who likes it and who doesn't like it. (laughs) I got one thing I'm trying to do. Please, God, carry the mail. He wrote the letter and I'm going to deliver it. We need some awe back in America. And it needs to start in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. If the church is not in awe of God, the nation will never be in awe of God. All right, let me give you one more. Luke chapter 25, verse 26 and verse 27. Awe. miracles change the atmosphere. Did not the Messiah, Luke, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. wait. This is Luke 25, verse 26 and 27. They'll get to it. Let's go to the fear of God. Let's look at this. Watch what else. It, It brings awe. I like this. The miracles bring the fear of God in reverence. Look at Luke 8, 25. Luke 8, go ahead, Luke 8, 25. I know you got it. These guys are brilliant, smart, sharp. Okay, look at... Oh. Thank you. There it is. Look at this. Here's Jesus in the boat with the disciples. Where's your faith, he asked his disciples. Look at this. What happened? He just calmed the storm. He just done a miracle. And What was their response? In fear and amazement, they ask one another, who is this? (laughs) He even commands the winds and the water. Leave that up there. Miracles change the atmosphere. Miracles make us stop and go, wait a minute. (laughs) This is God. I I, I mean, my knees are shaking a little bit. Do you know that's good for us? Everybody with me? When's the last time you so encountered God that you... Yet you had a little, uh, whoa. Huh? When's the last time? See, we like the Holy Ghost goosebumps. When's the last time you got fear bumps? Huh? Come on. Man, you guys, are you with me today? <laughs> Just having a process, aren't you? That's good. Fear and amazement. God, this is God. We're in the presence of God. Look, you know, God, who, who is this? What kind of God is this? You know, He's so good and big and great. He can do something so amazing that the atmosphere changes. And we go, oh, He's God. He's big. He's here. He's now. He's able. Anybody with me? I'm glad I got these verses out. I'm glad. This makes me feel good. We need it evidently to see this. Look at Acts chapter 16, beginning of verse number 29. Miracles cause conviction to come. And for people to get saved. How many know some people that need to get saved at your job? What do the rest of you do? You don't work? <laughs> How many people know someone where you work that needs to get saved? Don't get me started today, okay? I'm happy. I came in happy, but I'm about to get fired up here. Okay. All right. So, so do we need miracles? How many have some people in your family that need to get saved? Okay. So let's watch this. What do miracles do? Miracles change the atmosphere. Let's read this passage. Now, you know, Paul and Silas were in jail for preaching, right? Paul and Silas were in jail for preaching. And so at midnight, they were praying and worshiping God, and the earth shook, the doors flew open in the prison, and their chains fell off. A miracle. Would that be a good miracle? So watch what happens. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. The atmosphere shifts when miracles happen. Verse 30. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? You see what miracles do? Miracles cause the unsaved become convicted and ask you, I need to get saved. We need to have a God doing so many miracles in our midst, supernatural, above natural things, that people start asking us, I, What do I do to get saved? How do I meet this God that just did what I saw? See, miracles speak a language the unbeliever understands. Miracles cut through arguments and theology and politics and race right to the heart of things. And when God does overwhelming miracles, even the unsaved know his language. Amen? What do I need to do to get saved? Verse 31. We keep reading. We find this. They replied, believe in the Lord, Jesus, and you will be saved. And whom? your household how many want to see your household saved? you want to see your whole family saved. how many want your next family reunion instead of being a crazy time to be a revival time how many want to see weird uncle willie get saved and crazy aunt wanda get saved that your family reunion turn into a revival instead of an embarrassment how many want your next family reunion for everybody's t-shirt to say we all got saved last year How many wanted to say the reunion of the Holy Ghost family? Come on, somebody help me. Well, when miracles happen, people get saved in their household. Verse 32. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. Verse 33 says at that hour of the night, come on, midnight revival. Come, You know God is working. They got the kids up. They got grandma up. They came down and all of them got saved. And he washed their wounds. Immediately he and all his household were baptized in the middle of the night. How many know revivals breaking out when you have a baptism service in the middle of the night? At midnight. You know, some of them were probably dragging in from the club about that time. Huh? Some of them have been sneaking in. You know, all the kids that have been sneaking in late and breaking curfew, they were creeping in the back of the house and mom and dad were shouting and there was a water baptism going on and the kids got saved. Come on. The prodigals got saved. The home got saved. God wrecked that house because miracles shift the atmosphere. Even the unsaved speak that language. I like this. Well, I'm going to go on. I just got to keep going. What are miracles? This is, listen, it's not that profound. Miracles are simply the manifestation of God's presence. Manifestation means a shining through. You know what miracles are? It's just you and I being reminded God is who he says he is. And God does what he says. And God's in this place. All those things. What are miracles? They're Manifestation. Of God's presence. We are in awe. We, we, we sometimes are even in fear and reverence. We see salvation happen. Miracles happen. Uh, we, it, we're reminded. We're humbled. God, you're so big. And you can do anything you want. Yet you love us. That Yet you have mercy on us. How many are thankful for that? You're the God of mercy. You're the God of grace. You, 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 you have compassion. And you love us. Miracles reveal God's presence. Miracles remind us of the nature of God. What is God like? Who is he? What is this God like? He's so good. What's his nature? His nature's power, but his nature's mercy. God could obliterate this planet in one millisecond. Did you hear what I just said? God could obliterate this planet. He could turn this planet into a ball of ashes spinning off through the universe. That's who he is. That's his power. But what did he do? Mercy and grace and compassion and patience. Are you reminded this almighty God has patience with us? Come on. This almighty God has mercy on us. He loves us. He's full of compassion. He is the most high God. Through his presence, the miracles of God shift the atmosphere. When you begin to read the New Testament, these miraculous interventions began through the ministry of Jesus. We read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and there he is doing miracles, reminding us. Remember last week, even the religious leaders that opposed him had to admit, you have to be from God because of the miracles that you do. But then he ascends back to heaven, but he sends the Holy Spirit. And 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 the church is baptized in the Holy Spirit and launched, and now the miracles that Jesus did are happening through the leaders of the church, and signs, wonders, and miracles, and, and and Peter, you know, who had a hard time getting his act together. How many are thankful God's patient on some of us who have a hard time getting their act together? Has anybody ever done like Peter and made God a promise and broke it? Have any of us ever made a promise on one Sunday and had to come repent on the next Sunday? Come on, tell the truth. Don't look at me like that. Anybody ever been at the altar and promised something? Your mouth ever written a check uh, to God that your life couldn't back up? <laughs> huh? So, but, but even with Peter, God's merciful and he's patient. Are you with me? And he walks with him and helps him. And we ultimately read about him. He became the head of the church in Jerusalem. And when the man walked down the street, they run and lay sick people there. So if his shadow comes by, They're healed. And what Jesus began to do, carried on with the apostles. And some faulty doctrine says that when they died, miracles died. But we got to think for a moment. Were the apostles the source of the miracles? Or just the channels through whom the miracles came? See, it doesn't matter if the original 12 died. They're not the source of the miracles. They're not the author of the miracles. They're not the God of the miracles. And when Jesus began and the church carried on, I have some good news for you and I in this place today. Now, after they were, were, have gone on to heaven, we have scripture. Turn to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, that God invested miracles in his church. That as long as there is a church, there will be miracles. How many are listening? to what I'm saying today because we need the same God they had we need the same shift in the atmosphere we need our arguing to turn into unity we need our ungodliness to turn into a revival we need a nation to fall on its face before God we need his church to repent and fall on our face before God so that God can do what he wants is anybody with me today? See, those miracles have never had a time frame on them. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 7. Let's look at this now. See, I want you to know, God still wants to shift the atmosphere today. Can somebody say amen to that? I read this a couple of weeks ago. Are you ready? Now to whom? Now to whom? Each one. Look at the person next to you. They need to be reminded. This includes you. Tell them that. This includes you. Tell the person on the other side so they won't feel lonely. This includes you. Okay. Now to each one. I'm sorry, but I just want to make sure you're with me. All the each ones. Raise your hand. Let me look at you. Keep it up. Okay. Now to each one, the manifestation of what? The Holy Spirit, who is the conduit for the power of God, right? Was given for what reason? common good. It's something we need. We all need. Okay? Let's keep reading. To one there is given through the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the message or word of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. These are all works of the Holy Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts. See that plural? Gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. There they are. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing or discerning between spirits to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Look, Verse 11, all these. Read that. All these. Where are these gifts? Are they operative? Are they present? Are they current? Are they needed? Absolutely yes to all those. What do we read? All these are the work of the one and the same spirit. Not the work of Humans. Not just the work of an apostle, not the work of one generation. They're the work of the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, you're born again by the work of the Holy Spirit. If you're a new creation in Christ, that's what the Holy Spirit did. If you're a born again believer, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. If we're a born again church, which is the only real church, and there's there's only one church on this planet. Somebody, Somebody hear what I'm saying? All these folks that claim they're it, they're lying. There's only one church, every born-again believer on the planet. How many are with me? Now, you may be sitting here and say, Pastor, listen, I'm just trying to hang on. I don't worry about miracles. I need to to make it one more day. You need a miracle sometimes to get you to that next day. And so the Bible says here very clearly that in the church, God has placed these gifts. They operate through the Holy Spirit. And we read here, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each just as he determines. Man, think of that. Does this world need to see Jesus? Oh, desperately. Does our generation need an encounter with Jesus? Desperately. So think of these nine gifts he's invested in the church. Think of this. How would Jesus speak? These are they're, they're, they're verbal gifts. Look at these. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. We get to hear what God wants to say. How would Jesus act if he was here on earth? Well, he would demonstrate. He would demonstrate this by faith, healing, and miracles. And what he did? He's still doing it. What does Jesus know? Do we need to know what he knows? Oh, yes. What do we have? We we have these, these incredible gifts that allow us word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirit. We begin to have access to what heaven knows and earth needs to hear. Did you hear what I just said? What heaven knows and earth needs to hear. That's a picture of what Jesus did. That's a picture of who his church is. That's who we are. Can somebody say amen to that? The atmosphere needs to continue to shift if we're going to see this nation. Look look here's look at this definition of gift of miracles. I want you to see this. I want to make I want you to read it. I don't want to just say it. Watch this. Read it. Silently with me. Read along with me. What are the gift of miracles? Supernatural power to intervene and counteract earthly and evil forces. Are there any earthly and evil forces working in our nation today? Would anybody say that? Okay, so what are we going to do about that? Cry, whine, hide? Or have a supernatural answer from God? A display of power. A what a... Not a theory. A display of power giving the ability to go beyond the natural. That's a great definition of supernatural. A display of power, giving the ability to go beyond the natural. When that happens, the atmosphere shifts. Are you with me? When that happens, the atmosphere shifts. Operates closely with the gifts of faith and healings to bring authority over sin. Come on, how many know that needs to happen? Over sickness and the binding of forces of this age. How many would say the gift of miracles should be happening in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ? Absolutely. What an amazing God. Now let me, let, let me push on. I, uh, I'm trying to look at my time and it's running away from me. Why don't you go to Judges 2 verse 10. Judges 2 10. Let me tell you why this is so important. It shifts the atmosphere. We have a generation growing up, and we're very transparent with you here, very blunt. I don't have time to put any icing on the cake today. My heart so goes out to these young people growing up in our nation today. They're bombarded, bombarded on social media. Parents, if you put a device in your child's hand, you're responsible to monitor that. If you're not going to monitor that, if you're not going to put some restrictions on that, if you're not going to watch what's going on, if you're happy, just give it to them and let them entertain yourself, you're making a mistake. If you bought it, it's your responsibility how they use it. You with me? You're to educate your children, not somebody else. You're to tell them what's right and wrong, not somebody else. How I many are with me right now? It's going to take a little effort. If you say, well, that's too hard, we'll take it back. <laughs> well, I can't keep up with that We'll, we'll take it back. They're your responsibility. My heart goes out to the generation. They're bombarded with the greatest wave of misinformation that any generation has ever had to encounter. you hear what I'm saying? Their children, their teenagers, being bombarded with the lies of Satan, the deception of this earth, the anti-Christian spirit that's in this world today. It's, it's in their face. It's with them all the time. They're being told, no matter what your gender was at birth, it doesn't matter. So there's confusion. They're, they're being told, nobody can define what a family really is. They're being told that, that you can do anything you want in any way you feel, and everything's okay, and there are no morals and guidelines and barriers. Does anybody hear what I'm saying today? The things they can see on those devices with two, three clicks is abhorrent. It's perverted. It's perverted. The perverts that stay on those things, looking for your children, trying to find them. Are you with me? I'm going to tell you, in the lives of that young generation coming up, they must encounter the power of God. They must know that He is real. The theory of a God somewhere for old people is not going to work. The theory of a God who died is not going to work. The theory of a God who has no bearing on their life today. The God, they need a God who can heal their deepest wounds. and can do more for them than cutting and scarring themselves. Who can be a family to them instead of a gang. Who can be a reality to them that's greater than anything that's facing them. I'm telling you, if they don't encounter a real God that's greater than their pain, than their confusion, than what's bombarding them, we're going to lose them. We have to have them. They have to have an encounter. There must be a shift in the atmosphere of their life. Here's the generation, one generation, after the Israel finally invaded the promised land and defeated those armies miraculously, although their parents, Joshua, and their parents saw the mighty works of God, this is what happened. Judges 2.10, and after that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what He had done. They never had an encounter. They never had any awe. They never had the fear of God. They never saw the atmosphere shift. They never encountered this amazing, wonderful, beautiful God we serve. Verse 11, Then the Israelites did evil. Because they had not seen God. And they didn't know God. So what did they do? They did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. Verse 12. They forsook the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They aroused the Lord's anger. This brings fear to me for them. Verse 13. Because they forsook him and served Baal, the Asherahs, the idols, and the false gods. Verse 14. Did I ask you to do that? Yes. In his anger against Israel, the Lord gave them into the hands of raiders. Who plundered them? He sold them in the hands of their enemies all around them, whom they were no longer able to resist. Remember Gideon when God came and said, I'm gonna use you as a deliverer. And Gideon said, Well, I want to know where are your miracles? Where's God? I heard about all you did. I've never seen any. Do you know in Jesus' name? I refuse to let this generation go. And for them to say, There is no God, there are no miracles. I don't know who you are. I'm telling you. The atmosphere must shift if we're going to see this generation come up. We're not going to lose them. We're not going to insult them. We're not going to put them down. We're going to show them a God who is real and mighty and raise up warriors. Do you think when we prayed over these children, I blessed them. I said I claimed them in the name of Jesus. Devil, you can't have them. They're not going to be liabilities. They're not going to be statistics. They're going to be mighty and strong and glorious and great. I keep waiting on somebody to raise them up and show them who he is. We must have the God of miracles who shifts the atmosphere. I don't know how to do that, but God does. I just keep wanting to present him and present him and present him until they so encounter him that they come tell us who he is and what he's done. Miracles shift the atmosphere. (laughs) I wish I... There is a miracle in the Bible made the time stand still. I've been believing God for that on Sunday morning, but it hasn't happened yet. Hmm. I'm going to have to just move on. Maybe I'll get back to this. Miracles shift the timeline. They shift the timeline. What does that mean? When you and I say it's too late, (laughs) God says it's never too late. Remember John chapter 11? Jesus arrives. Lazarus has been dead four days. First thing, Martha meets him when he comes in. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would be alive. But you were late. Now he's dead. And you know what? Jesus walked around, he said, take me to the grave. Don't you love Jesus? He's a bad man. Everybody's whining and crying, pointing fingers and mourning. He said, "Take me to the grave. Put me in front of that grave. Where is he laid? Where'd you put him?" In verse forty of chapter eleven says he prays. See, miracles do. He said, "Father, show him your glory." Uh, you know what miracles do? They show us the glory of God. You want? We keep. Oh Lord, send us your glory. You, you, you want to know what the glory will do? The glory will amaze you. Put the fear of God in you. Shift your atmosphere. Rewrite your timeline. What you said hopeless is not hopeless. Let me tell you this real quickly. We're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna wrap it. Listen, listen, listen. Uh, one of the great missionaries that the state of Alabama sent to Africa. One of the, the first one our fellowship ever sent out. Now there's sixty seven million. Believers on planet Earth, that's part of our mission's work. Did you hear what I just said? 67 million. Come on, somebody needs to praise God for that. The sun never sets on what, what, what we're doing around the world. Charles Greenaway was his name. Sent from Alabama. Went into Africa. Rode a bicycle through the jungle. Had to patch the tires or the thorns and, you know, rebuke witch doctors and preach the gospel to a 100 languages that had never heard the name of Jesus. But he had a brother who wouldn't get saved, wouldn't get saved, wouldn't turn to the Lord. But his little Irish mama had a saying, God never lies, never stop believing. God never lies, never stop believing. See, God or a miracle rewrite the timeline. Where well, Brother Greenway says that he was on a plane leaving the U.S., go back, he'd been for a visit, he, he's an adult, he, 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 He's he's past middle age, his brother is, and brother's not saved, won't go to church, won't have anything to do with God. He lands and he gets a message, Charles come back, your brother died in his sleep last night. Oh God. He'd been praying for that brother to get saved. Praying, praying, praying. He died in his sleep. Dear God, he didn't know you. He gets back and he talks to his brother's wife and before he leaves, she says, oh, I want to tell you something. <laughs> I said, I don't, I don't know what this meant, but maybe it'll mean something to you. Last night, your brother did something before he went to bed that I'd never seen him do. <laughs> he said, what did he do? So I'd never seen him do that. Never seen him pray. Last night before your brother went to sleep, he knelt down by his bed. <laughs> and he started praying. <laughs> and she said he didn't stop. And after he prayed for a while, I was... Kind of eavesdropping. And he began praying in some language. Ooh. Sorry. Oh, I'd never heard before. She said. And then he got in bed and laid down. Died in his sleep. He called his mom. Mom, guess what? She said. You don't have to tell me, Charles. She said. God doesn't lie. And I never stopped believing. God will change your timeline. He'll reverse your timeline ha. Ha. You know everything comes to an Amazon box now, you know that, don't you? Woo. You know, and I'm going to close with this. I got so much I'd like to do, but I'm just going to close. Listen, miracles take the limits off of everything. Listen to this statement. Miracles convert the momentum of your fall into the force of your breakthrough. <laughs> Hear what I said? A miracle will convert the momentum of your fall into the force of a breakthrough. See, see some of your lives, I don't know why people like this, but they like slime. Why do you want to buy slime? Are oh, your kids got it? You see slime? This has got uh, sparkly slime. You can sparkle it up, but it's slime. Look at me. Look at me. Any of you ever had a moment in your life where it looked like that? Blap. Anybody ever hit the ground that hard? You ever went down and the devil said, you'll never get up from that? You're done, pal. You're done. I mean, you, you, you fail and... But you know, there's something about a miracle that'll convert the momentum of my fall to the force of my breakthrough. <laughs> Slime will keep me down, but a miracle will bring me back up. Convert it into my breakthrough. See, I, I believe when a miracle happens, how many of you ever had something attack you? And I, I'm going to tell you today, in the name of Jesus, the miracle will take the momentum of your unsafe family and convert it into a revival. Somebody grab that, have a Holy Ghost time. I believe over here, a miracle is going to happen on that side. And I believe a miracle is going to happen on that side. And I believe, I'm going to give everybody one of these. A miracle in that section right there. How many are ready for God to take the miracle and put it in your family? I want to see somebody say, I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out of this. I'm not going to lay on my face. I'm not going to die like slime. I'm going to convert the fall, boom, into a miracle from God. Yes. Everybody stand with me. Come on, let's stand. Worship team, come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. Hurry, 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 worship team. Come on right now. I want you to look at the biggest failure in your life. And I want you to say, my miracle is going to convert my failure into the power of a breakthrough. I'm coming back. Somebody say, I'm coming back. I'm calling America back. I'm saying, come on back, come on back, come on back. See, miracles aren't for a show. They're not entertainment. See, the the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, If you're Jesus, show us a sign. You know what he said? The only sign you boys are going to get is a sign of Jonah. You better repent before God comes on this place. God's not in the entertainment business. God's not trying to give us a show. He's not into a charismatic three-ring circus. He's not into a personality cult. He is the God who says, I'm residing in my church. I can use a five-year-old child. I can use an 85-year-old grandmother. I can use a student, a businessman, a businesswoman, a business owner. I'm not just God on Sunday. I'm God on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I'm ready to show myself. who He is. God. God. God, we need you today. I believe God wants to shift the atmosphere in this room right now. I believe God wants to shift the atmosphere in this room right now. God wants to put you in awe of him one more time. God wants to take your the thing that the devil's beating you up with and, and, and turn it around. Listen, what, what the devil says you're never coming back from, I prophesy in Jesus' name, it's going to be your greatest testimony going to be your testimony. I want to to be frank right now. If you're sitting in this room or listening to me online and you're playing games with God and you're you're being a hypocrite and you're playing games, I call you out of that in Jesus' name and tell you it's time to serve the Lord. It's time to get real. It's time to get real. Man. God wants to go, church. God wants to show himself mighty and strong. I don't want to look at that junk anymore. He's able. He's mighty. He wants to shift the atmosphere. When's the last time you couldn't sleep at night because you're praying? When husband and wife in the middle of an argument somebody took the other one's hand and began to weep and said this is silly. God, come in this house. God, come in this house. When's the last time somebody walked into that hospital room and said God, come in this place. See, see, let me tell you something. For a whole year we had made any hospital visits pastors won't let us in we can't go in because of covid you know what the devil said nobody's gonna get healed now nobody's gonna get raised up now but that boy didn't remember is first Corinthians chapter 12. it wasn't the reverend the pastor the bishop the apostle the the evangelist the teacher his holiness the elder Whatever all else that is, was the church. The church. To each one. To each one. If you're there, God's there. If you're there, the atmosphere can shift. Right now, let's bring him in. How many believe he's a God of wonders, miracles, signs? I believe. I believe. I believe God wants to heal somebody in this room right now. I believe we need a sign. Anybody hear what I'm saying? We need a sign. We need something that said yes, 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 yes. We need a miracle in this place right now, a miracle in your home right now. Listen, I'm going to tell you, we're going to begin to worship. I I don't even know what to say. Not. I want you to desperately worship. I want us to get real where we say, you know, if, if, if this doesn't happen, I don't have a plan B. I want somebody to jump out of your airplane without a parachute right now. And say, I'm going to trust God or I'm going to be a slime mess. Huh? I want you in your faith to just reach out and be vulnerable right now. And begin to worship. And I want you as God begins to do something in your life. See, not all the miracles are physical. There's deliverance. There's healing of a wounded heart. There's freedom where you've been under depression and fear and isolation. There, there's freedom. See, they're not all physical miracles. Miracles are going to be loosed in this place right now because God wants to show who He is. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.